welcome you to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, the minister, and we're so pleased to have you sharing and worshiping with us. This morning, I'm going to be reading from 1 Thessalonians, the first chapter, the entire chapter, and we're going to be talking about the family of God, being a dynamic family, being a dynamic body of believers. If you will, let's listen to the word of the Lord. To the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember for our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by the hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcome the message in the midst of a severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Acadia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in that area, but it became known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell us how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. We all know, of course, that Uh, Next Sunday, well, next Sunday is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and we know the Thanksgiving season is right here. And what we find in reading in 1 Thessalonians is that, as I said just a moment ago, uh, there is great thanksgiving being expressed because of the faith of the Thessalonians, because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Today at our congregation, at Scotts Fork Christian Church is Family Day. And uh, that's a beautiful thought because you would hope that as we grow and mature in Christ, that we would have an understanding what we might do to take care of each other, to care for each other, to encourage each other, to help each other, and just behave, so to speak, as one great family. Now, as we read the Holy Scriptures, there are different words for the church. Uh, It's called the body of Christ. It's called the church of God, church of Christ, the family of God. And when we look at these words here in the first chapter about the Thessalonians, they were certainly a tremendous family of God. They were tremendously uh, caring and sharing with each other. Friends, we live in a world, as ironic as it may seem, where there is so much loneliness, where there is so much hate, and there is such a grave need 
for us as Christians to see what was in the lives of these brothers and sisters in the church at Thessalonica and how we would do well to imitate and to emulate the many things that was a part of that church. And one of the first things that we notice, and we see the word welcome, uh, we go back to the sixth verse of that first chapter, and it says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Friends, how important it is always that as a Christian, as a body of believers, as part of the family of God, that we always welcome the message of Jesus Christ. I've said before and I say again, there is no greater book in all the world than the Holy Bible. The most profound teachings, the most profound instructions are found in the sacred scriptures. And how grateful we ought to be, just make a passing comment here, as we are fast approaching the Thanksgiving season, that we can have the Holy Bible in our hands, in our homes, that we can read it, we can look to it, we can ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us as we read, so that we might understand, and so that we might go on to full maturity. And so, One of the things that I think that we need to be careful today is uh, to understand, uh, and this is a heavy word, and I'm saying it kindly, and I don't want to take this out of context, but the Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. And we're going to look at some of the other teachings of Paul uh, in his letter to Timothy, for example, where it talks about the importance of knowing and being able to judge when there is a teacher or in an individual who is a false, where it falls into the category as false teachings. It's a very sad thing, brothers and sisters, but I know of no other occupation where there can be more charlatans Uh, in the particular vocation than in the ministry. Uh, We know that we have been told uh, to study, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. And in our day, it does seem that, and I say again, this very kindly, but there is such gross misunderstanding of very, very important principles from the sacred scriptures. And one of the things that we need to always keep before us to be effective as a family of God, to be effective as a body of believers, it is important that we welcome the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember as a young boy, going to vacation Bible school at the Christianburg Baptist Church in uh, Shelby County, about a, oh, I'd say about a mile and a half from our home. And uh, one of the things that we would do, we would pledge allegiance to the Bible. And I hope every one of you know this pledge about the Bible. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Its words will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against God. Now, I mentioned that, friends, and these things because we have to make sure 
that we understand the profoundness of the teachings of God's word. And we must understand there's no way in the world that we can be the Christians, be the followers of Christ, be the family of God that God would have us to be unless we welcome the message of Christ, the teaching of the Holy Scriptures. Paul, when he wrote to Timothy, he says that all scripture has been given by inspiration, is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God might be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. There are no greater works. And what we need to do, friends, and as we look at this and realize this was a part of the church at Thessalonica, how they welcomed the message of Christ, is that we need to be true to the Word of God to the best of our ability. Now, one of the things that we need to understand about the Lord's message, the Bible is the best, the best interpreter of the Bible is the Bible itself. Friends, there's a sad thing, though, that's going on in our world. There are a couple of words that have too prominent a place in our in the Lord's work, and that is toleration and whatsoever or whatever. Friends, we know that, uh, uh, that God has spoken, and we have no right to change the holy word. Like Paul said in Timothy, and I quoted the verse a while ago, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, is for profitable for instruction and instruction in righteousness, that we might be thoroughly furnished unto all good work. But friends, today, doctrine is out of the window. I'll be very candid with you. It bothers me immensely when I see a particular member or members leave and go to another respective congregation, and it appears that they ask no questions for the most part about what that congregation believes and what they teach, what they have to say about welcoming the message of Christ into their lives. So often I hear people say, well, I don't care where my child goes just as long as he or she goes. And I want to say, and I've asked this, and I say this respectfully, but I could never be a part of the Mormon church because they believe that Jesus is just one of the many sons of God. I submit to you that the message, the word that we need to welcome into our lives as the family of God, that there's no other name given under heaven whereby that we can be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. I do believe it makes all the difference in the world. Of course, I'm the minister of the Scots Fork Christian Church. The Lord continues to bless us. We'll be starting our 15th year, uh, the first of the year. I've been in the ministry 58 years, and uh, I could not identify with another body unless I knew what their doctrine was. And if it was different than what uh, the scriptures teach, I could not align with that congregation. You see, friends, the thing that we need to see as we think about the message that's so important, and that is, is that Jesus prayed that we might be one. And that uh, that is so important. We know the Lord's Prayer is of astronomical importance, the model prayer, but also he prayed that we might be one. 
And it seems just about anything and everything that you could think of in the name of religion or in the name of Christianity even that could be done is being done. There is the plan of salvation that tells us what we need to do in order. The Bible teaches that message of Christ. And that is, if we're going to be a strong believer in the body, uh, a family of God, we've got to understand that we have got to be united in what the Bible says, not what I think, whatever, but that what the Bible says as to how to become a Christian. The Bible says and I mention these rather quickly, that we have to believe in him. Then we have to be willing to confess him before men. Jesus said, if you will confess me before men, that when you stand before me, I will confess you to the Father. There must be repentance, 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 uh, showing the Lord not only that we're sorry for our sins, but that we're seeking to live uh, and to uh, bring forth fruit, that we have repented of our wrongs. And then we're to be baptized for the remission of our sins, that we might receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, that we might be added to the body of Christ. Friends, today, sad to say, People go from one congregation to another, and I I can't help but feel that I'm somewhat on target, that they do not ask or think at all about the doctrine of the church. There are congregations, sizable churches, that do not believe that uh, Jesus was born of a virgin. Congregations who do not believe in uh, the validity and the sacredness in the Holy Scriptures. Uh, Just all kinds. Many deny the miracles. Friends, we're talking about doctrine. We're talking about very, very important subjects. And so what we notice and what Paul was committing the church for at Thessalonica is because they welcome the message of Christ. And then also as we continue to read, and I want to back up just a little bit, and uh, it's because of what Paul had to say, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you uh, for your sake. You became imitators of us and of our Lord. And as we read a second ago, for you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. I think so much about a little girl by the name of Cassie Bernal. And you probably remember when this happened out in in Colorado about the terrible happenings, the killing at the school. And there was a little girl there and the the shooter, one of the the shooter came up to her and, and she probably knew what would happen when he asked her this question. And he asked her, I get a hold of this people, listen to me. He asked her, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God? And he, she said, yes. And he shot her dead instantly. You see friends, She had welcomed the message of Christ. And I would submit to you that if she would die for our Lord, that she had uh, welcomed every teaching in the sacred scriptures. And so Paul said, even in the midst of severe suffering, with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And then you go on to verse 7, and what we see something that is so important in all of this is that not only were they a welcoming family of God, but they were a working family of God. 
It breaks my heart because I see so often, I look at the fruit which is being born, and it seems so often that the Lord and his church and his work is moved to the back burner. Friends, unless Christians are willing to heed the teachings of the scriptures and the heed the, the teachings of that great song, to the work, to the work, let the hungry be fed. To the fountain of life, let the weary be led. To the work, to the work. What a joy it is to share and work in the kingdom of God. When we share Christ with others and when people decide to give their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, you are giving them the greatest gift in all the world, a gift that has everlasting benefits. And so he talks about their work. He said, the Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and in Cadia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Friends, it is so important that we stop, listen to me now, and take a look at our lives. Ask ourselves, where am I going with my life? Where have I been with my life? It's uh, very troubling to me because as I read in the Lexington Herald, the obituary, as I read in the Central Record, the, the uh, paper from Garrett County and other places, and many, many people die. No listing of a church, a body of believers, a family of God they are connected with. It seems it is becoming more and more prevalent and then So I guess I would conclude that they believe that when they take their last breath, that that's it. That's it. There's no more living in a place where the Bible talks about where there will be no more sin, no more suffering, no more pain, no more heartaches. And that's what it says in the book of Revelation about the church, about the body of Christ, what it will be like in the new heaven. No more suffering. Listen to me. No more suffering. No more pain. You may have cancer. I've had cancer. Something is going to take all of us from this world. But like I said, I will read the obituaries and time and time again, no mention of being a part of the family of God, being a member of a respected body of believers. And that I have to conclude, they're just, they're satisfied with dying without no hope. Because we know that if, when we are when we are dead, when we die, and uh, and everybody will die unless uh, the Lord tear, uh, unless the Lord comes before this. But we're all going to die. But you see, there's something different. The person who is dead in Christ, the person who has died to the world and given their lives to Christ, the dead in Christ, and there are those who have died and are dead and have no hope whatsoever. The dead in Christ, the Bible talks about the hope that we have. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and we will become like unto him. And they were a working church. Friends, they're saying about our day that the light of evangelism has gone out. How long has it been since you have prayed for someone who needs Christ, 
Who needs to know the greatest friend they could possibly have? Who needs to know that they'll never have a greater friend, not only the greatest friend, but a greater friend, no greater friend, who does love us and cares for us and is so many things and people so many, 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 many people are losing out on unbelievable blessings because they've not stopped. They've not made a, des- a desire or shown a desire to know the Lord, to know anything about the Bible and so on. And I honestly believe that what the Bible says about that, that when our Lord returns again, that they will cry for the rocks and the hills to fall on them because They know they are without hope. So they were a working church. And you and I must be willing to do whatever needs to be done. And this is so powerful what it has to say. Kind of these two words go together. Not only were they a working church, but a welcoming church. I read verse 8 a while ago. And and this is so powerful. The Lord's message, it rang out uh, from you, not only in Macedonia and Acadia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. That is my prayer for us as a family of God at Scott's Fork Christian Church, that we are alive, that we are not playing church, but that we are seeking to be alive and well, caring, sharing, working with people with the smallest child to the most elderly, and be like the church at Thessalonica and witness and share what Christ can do for them and what he has done for us. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, he says, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell us how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Let's think about this for a moment. Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, told how they, they tell you, uh, uh, they tell how you turn to God from idols. Friends, anything, now this sounds simplistic, but please listen to me, friends. Anything that stands before you and Jesus Christ is an idol. The Bible says it plainly. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be added unto you. Jesus said what he meant, and he meant what he said. Friends, I believe with all of my heart that thousands and yea, tens of thousands of good to good people share in so many disappointments in life simply because that they do not know the Lord's way. There is a totally different lifestyle to live as a person who is in love with the world and a lifestyle lived by a person who wants to be a Christian, who wants to be genuine. And you know, so many people today talk about hypocrisy and all of that, hypocrite. Each person, each tub, as my father would say, has to sit on his, her own bottom. Every person will have to give an account of our lives. I can't control everybody. I can share the love of Christ. I can share the forgiveness of Christ, which so many people need. I can share the blessings of Christ and on and on I could go. And friends, the reason we are in the mess we are in is people, people, people have not chosen to give their lives to Christ, have not chosen to listen to the greatest teachings in all the world, and consequently is 
they uh, it's a very very sad time for our country Paul in writing to the Timothy to Timothy and he talks about false teachers and and the love of money and I want to share with you as we think about the family of God things that we do not want to fall into this is what Paul said to Timothy in first Timothy 6 and beginning if you will in the uh, 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 the verse here these are the things you are to teach and insist on in verse 3 it says if anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our lord jesus christ and to godly teaching they are conceited and understanding nothing they have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result into envy and strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. But godliness with contentment is gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of the world. Friends, we need to do everything we can, listen to me, to be genuine, genuine, genuine. We need to be an example of the believer in everything, not only on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And if we will do that as a part of the family of God, that's how that we can make a difference. And then lastly, Paul said to the Thessalonica church, he says, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Friends, there is coming a day, and we need to realize that he is going to return, and we need to be ready for his return. He's going to come at an hour when we think not. For instance, Paul in the fifth chapter of this very book of First Thessalonians says in the fifth chapter in verse one, now brothers and sisters about times and dates, we do not read to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, Destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, though that the day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We who do not belong to the night are to the darkness. So then let us be like others who are asleep, but let let us Beg your pardon, I read that again. Uh, we do belong to the night or, or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith, the breastplate, the hope, the salvation, and the helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, that whether we are asleep or awake, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Yes, friends, the Thessalonica church, we could say it was a model church. But I say today, since it is family day, that it was a dynamic family of God believers, a dynamic family of God. 
And we can be that that completely at Scott's Fork if we will always make sure that we welcome the message, the whole counsel of God, that we work whatever our hands find to do, that we do it with all of our strength, and that we witness, that we share, and above everything, because that's the only Bible many people are reading, are the lives of you and me, that we seek to be examples of believers, and then also that we wait, and wait faithfully for his return. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray I'm talking to people who are a part of the body of Christ, people who are part of the family of God. And friends, if you're not, I beg of you to do so. One of these days, life will be over. Our lives will be over. And we want to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. Enter now into the joys of heaven, and I'll make you ruler over many. Bless them, Lord. In his name we pray. Amen. If anyone would like to talk with me about becoming a Christian, like to talk about anything, just call me on my home phone, 859-236-4907. The Lord bless you.